0: The devil is a liar can you say amen? amen come on now john chapter 16 you know a story is told a story is told of a church a church in, a, in a, an old village that one night disaster happened one night the church caught on fire flames ripped through uh, room to room. The pews were on fire. Uh, different rooms, offices were on fire. The windows started to blow out. Uh, flames were going up high through the ceiling that kind of tore through the church. Uh, and this was happening in the middle of the night. Uh, so of course, as the fire engines came, and uh, the sirens uh, started to wake people up out of their slumber, out of their sleep. Uh, and uh, the preacher was there. He's seeing his church building uh, in flames of fire. And one thing Thing he says as he's looking as the flames are destroying the church building and he looks around and he sees a crowd is gathered and he was perplexed because yes his church is on fire but he looked around and he says I've not seen a, a, a crowd gathered like this before and he looks around at the people says I've never seen you in church before I've never seen you in church before never seen you here before and he said that it got to him so bad that he had to speak to somebody he said you sir how comes I've never seen you in church before? He says, well, I've never seen the church on fire before. Hmm. Now, (laughs) the preacher was convicted. Because how many know the church of God should be on fire? Can you say amen in this place? And I'm not talking about the fires that will burn through a building. I'm talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit. The church of God should be a place where people come to and see something different. The church of Jesus Christ should be a place where people come and feel something different. They come a certain way but leave different. Can you say amen in this place? The church of Jesus Christ shouldn't just be a, a gathering of like-minded people. There should be something that is moving, something that is living. I'm talking about a church that is on fire of the Holy Spirit. I want to start a series. I'm excited this week. I'm starting a new series. It's a five-week series and it's called Power On. Five-week series, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And this is crucial to our understanding as believers. And I'm, I'm excited about this because when we start to talk about the supernatural in this way, supernatural things start to happen. Can you say amen in this place? I'm not going to forget. And there's some people in here that will not forget. When I started to move along this pattern, I started to move along this way. I picked up this microphone and not far along, I was dropped on the floor. I don't know what happened. I just passed out. There's not many people here that saw that. Praise God. That's not going to happen again. Can you say amen? But when you talk about things that are supernatural, supernatural things start to happen. And we're talking about Power On. That's our series. It's going to be five weeks. This is the first. You don't want to miss what's going on. So this session is talking about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. You see, the New Testament mentions the Holy Spirit over 200 times. The Old Testament even more, I mean, even from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1 talks about how the Spirit is over the deep, over the dark. And anytime God mentions something over and over and over again, we realise this is vitally important for our lives. And we need to understand the purpose and the function of the Holy Spirit. Now I say the Holy Spirit should not be new to many of us here. When I say the Holy Spirit, you should know exactly what I'm talking about about. Uh, where we're going to delve into that today uh, and for the next four services or four Wednesday nights uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to look from John 16 uh, verse number five. If you read uh, with me, the Bible says, uh, this is Jesus speaking, it says, but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I want to look firstly at the need for power. The need for power. Listen, we are called to have a supernatural relationship with God. A supernatural relationship. In other words, it is beyond the natural human ability. The relationship we are called to have with God is beyond our human capability. The Old Testament is filled with laws and statutes and commands and governances. And it's a visible picture of the impossibility of being able to be right with God in our own human efforts. Can you say amen in this place? When you look at all the things we have to do on your own, you will not be able to do it. It is impossible. You know, many times speaking to people on the streets, one of the questions I ask them is, are you going to heaven? And they tell me, yeah, I'm a nice guy. I do this, I do this, I'm a nice person. Yes, I'm going to heaven. I'm a good person. I said, well, to get to heaven, you've got to be perfect. And then their face changes a little bit. They say, okay, maybe I won't make it. No, that's right, you won't. Because none of us, the Bible says, we've all fallen short of God's glory. It's not attainable on our own strength. We are called to have a supernatural relationship with God above the natural means that humans can afford. We are called to do supernatural works for God also. Think about the Great Commission. Jesus said we are to go into the world and make disciples. We are to help people's lives change. Help people overcome the slavery of sin. We are to help people come to a place of repentance. Listen, there's no way we're able to do that on our own strength. There's no amount of words you can speak to a person that will get them to repent. It is the work of the power of the Holy Spirit. Anything we've got to do in the work of God requires work that is above the human natural means. And the problem is, we have this relationship we have to have, the works we have to do, but we are human. And because we are human, we face natural limitations. There are many things that we can't do. the things we can't achieve. We need power. Many things we can't achieve. Many things we can't do. Listing some of them. Listen, we have weakness in our character. There is a constant wrestle in our flesh. It's our sinful nature. We are constantly battling the sinful nature we have. Look at Romans 7. This is Paul speaking to the people in Rome. In verse number 18 of the chapter 7 there, it says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Verse number 19 says, for the good that I want to do, I do not do. But the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I practice. Paul is saying that's a battle that we have each and every day. And our flesh is our sinful nature. We have this weakness of character. We also have fears and a lack of confidence. You know, some people don't do things in the name of Jesus Christ because of a lack of confidence. What will people say? What will people think? How will that look if I mess up? A lack of confidence, lack of fear. You know, the other day, Sunday night, I pulled a, uh, an impromptu testimony service. I said, come tell me what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Anytime you do that in a large gathering, you always get this kind of stalemate. Like, okay, should I grow up or not? Should I grow up? Why? Because we have this kind of fear inside of us. Dare I say there was people that wanted to testify on Sunday night, but something kept them in their seat. Something said, you know what? Mm, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I won't say it yet. We have that kind of fear and lack of confidence. And also, there is a lack of ability. Many times God calls us to do things we've never done before. Maybe we've had no training, no experience. Listen, remember when, Mo, when God called Moses and I want you to go and lead my people out of Egypt. What did he say? He said, God, I can't speak. I'm not good with my words. We have a lack of ability we need power. Can you say amen in this place? There's also a lack of understanding and in our, in our human efforts, we can't understand things. We can't comprehend everything. We can only see what is now. We can't see in the future. So we don't have that understanding. I love it in the book of Kings, First Kings, when God appears to Solomon. He says, listen, ask, what uh, what shall I give you? I'll give you anything you want. Ask right now. I love his response in First Kings 7. And verse number 7, he says, now, O Lord, my God, you have made yourself servant king instead of my father David but I'm a little child I don't know how to go out or how to come in he's saying I'm a human I don't have the understanding I can't do this with my level of understanding I need you to give me a level higher than the understanding I currently have we have a lack of understanding and to top it all off we need power because there is a spiritual resistance in our life can you say amen in this place We've said it many, many times before, time and time again, uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, we face a supernatural opposition powers that fight against God's will, powers that fight against God's work, demons, evil spirits, witchcraft, asking or attacking God's people, resisting the conversion of sinners, causing pain, affliction, disease and the list goes on and on and on. There is a spiritual resistance. Listen, we have weakness in character, fears, and a lack of confidence, lack of ability, lack of understanding, and a spiritual resistance. So because of all of that, we need to understand that we can't do this work on our own. We need a power to be able to go on. If we're not connected to the power source, we won't be able to survive. The powerless Christian lives in great frustration. Do you know that? The Christian that doesn't have power... Is frustrated because of that long list that we've just talked about, um, we can't accomplish anything. We can't break through anything because we don't have what it takes. We are not capable on our own. So a Christian that's trying to live a normal life or a Christian life, um, not connected the, to the power source, um, will come up frustrated. And that's why we need to understand, we need to be connected um, to the power source. I want to look secondly with you um, What Jesus Christ said. Secondly I want to look Jesus here and gone. You see, because the answer for our human weakness and limitation was Jesus Christ. When we look through the Gospels, we see the answer to all the limitations that people had was the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. In John 1, we understand that Jesus is God dwelling amongst his people. So when he entered the scene, listen, it must have been wonderful to just walk with Jesus. Listen, it says in John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory to the glory of the only be- of the Father, full of grace and truth. I can only imagine what it had have been like to walk with Jesus as he walked on this earth. Think with me now, it would have been fantastic, whatever problem you had, whatever issue came up, whatever you needed, listen, Jesus was the answer. Think about it, when you look through the Gospels, when people didn't know what to do, Jesus Christ was the answer. The first miracle they had, there was a wedding in Canaan, and, and the, the wine had run out. People didn't know what to do. Well, Jesus was in the house. Let's just ask Jesus. Come on, people didn't have provisions. There was fishermen that tried to fish but could not catch any fish. There was people that were hungry when the 5,000 came. we don't have no provisions. Well, Jesus Christ is here. Let's just ask Jesus. There's a time where Peter going to the temple with Jesus and they had no money for tax. Well, Jesus is right here. Let's just ask Jesus. He commanded tax to come out of a fish's mouth. How wonderful would it have been for Jesus to be right there all the time. People were demon possessed. People were sick, had diseases. Literally, Lazarus was dead, but Jesus was there. John fifteen five says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What a fantastic time it must have been to be walking with Jesus. Anything can happen. Hey, as long as Jesus is here, we're cool. As long as Jesus is walking with us, we're all right. Look what Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38 says about Jesus. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Can you imagine what it must have felt like when Jesus Christ came to his disciples and said, guys, I'm gone. Guys, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this place. Can you imagine? They must have felt, God, you cannot do that because without you, we can do nothing when you go we're just back to ourselves again when you go I guess it's just back to our day job of trying to catch fish and not being very good at catching fish mind you when you go we can't heal the sick no more when we go what are we going to do our text says in verse number six it says but because I've said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart listen sorrow will fill my heart too if I've been walking with Jesus and we see all this power and dominion and authority and then he comes to us and says I've got to go so will fill my heart too. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said that uh, a soul will fill your heart. And I want to look at thirdly and most importantly really with you as the advantages. He says, so will fill your heart, but it goes on to say in verse number seven: nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Everybody say advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. The Greek behind that literally means profitable. In other words, it is to your gain, it is better. I can almost hear the disciples saying, how on earth is it better, Jesus, if you leave? But he's saying that it is better that you will leave. Think about how Jesus had to function while he walked on earth. Listen, the paralytic that was brought on a bed to Jesus, they had to come. His friends had to carry him to Jesus. They literally had to dig through a roof to get him to Jesus. And then he was healed. Think about the woman that had the issue of blood. She had to push her way through a crowd in order to get to Jesus, then touches the hem of his garment. And then she was healed. Think about Jairus, the leader of, or one of the leaders of the synagogue, had to go to Jesus and bring Jesus back to his house in order for his daughter to be healed. Jesus was here functioning, but there was a certain limitation on time and location while Jesus was on the earth. He could heal where he was. He can, Yes, he can speak and send his word, but there was a certain limitation why he was here. That's why he said it is to your advantage because the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring God's power to your life personally. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the power, the authority and the dominion that Jesus had while he walked on the earth to your life personally. This is not just for a select few. This is for absolutely everybody who believes the Holy Spirit is for each and every one of us. We know the time of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse number 3, it says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and sat one upon each. Each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We are to live with the power from the Helper and therefore be enabled to do the things that Jesus did for his followers. Not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, many times people have come up to me and said, oh, that sermon you've preached, it's exactly what we've been talking about. I've come, I've been talking to my wife. You preached on this sermon. I've come here. I was thinking about this. You've preached. How on earth am I able to do that? It's because I'm smart is it because i'm 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 uh, you know I've, I've looked at things is because i've got a, a microphone in your house and i'm listening to your conversations no because the holy spirit is able to do what i'm not able to do can you say amen in this place the holy spirit is able to take uh, the study that i do and um, lift it up um, and hit it right where it needs to hit the so when you function you're able to function supernaturally above what the human can do um, that's why um, the job of a christian um, is not to try and seek to work harder in his own strength um, but 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 to seek to delve deeper, to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that he or she can be effective. We should not be powerless Christians, but we should function and work with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to his disciples, he said this in Luke 24, verse number 49. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father. Upon you, but tarry or wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, there's things I want you to do, there's things I've called you to do, there's things you've got to do, but you cannot do it on your own strength. So wait right there until you are filled with power. Because when you are filled with power, you're going to be able to trample on snakes and serpents. You're going to be able to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You're going to be able to preach and prophesy. You're going to be able to win souls for Jesus Christ. But only when you're filled with this power, we need to understand that we need to contend for this power. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the authority and the dominion that Jesus Christ had to us personally many times we read in the book of Acts that this person filled with the Holy Spirit did this or he did that you know I challenge you church to pick up the book of Acts read the scripture and compare what happened with your life pick up the book of Acts and see how the Holy Spirit functioned do you have that power in your life today? See what he did is, is clearly there in the pages of history to see what the Holy Spirit did. I've said this before, the book of Acts should be called the Acts of the Spirit. See what he did, see what he accomplished. Do you have that residing inside of you? And if you don't, questions need to be asked. God, I'm not seeing this power that I'm reading about. And we understand the power has not changed. We understand that God has not changed. We understand it is the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead that should be living inside of us. So who's to say we should not be able to function like the disciples did in the book of Acts? Who's to say that we shouldn't be able to function with a power and an authority and a dominion to see the Christ, to see the power of Jesus displayed through our lives? The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring that power to us personally. I want to talk about um, a story, uh, you know, Pastor, Pastor Greg Mitchell. Those of you who know he's a, he's a leader um, of, of our fellowship here in Prescott, Arizona. He took over from his, his dad, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Um, so he leads the mother, mother church of, of, of Potters House Churches in Prescott, Arizona. Um, he's preached uh, for, I think, as yeah, exactly the same amount of time I've lived. He started preaching in 1986. Uh, uh, that was when I was born. He's been preaching, ministering. Um, he's been to many different countries, pioneered, taken over churches um, and so on. He's seen many different things. He talked about a time where God told him, him and his wife, to go to South Africa. Um, and, and beginner work there. They go to South Africa. Uh, some hard time is happening. He can't really get things. The the, the council is stopping him from uh, um, uh, doing what he wants to do. He wanted to do an open air crusade. He had some problems. Uh, but then somebody helped him to get some land. He got some land, put up a big tent. Um, and he had a, a, an evangelist come in. And, it was, and a, a short notice, they cancelled him. So he had to get somebody else to come in. And he had an um, a evangelist come. And he was praying God moving the power of the Holy Spirit and he went in a couple of months I think it was three months from a church of zero to a church of hundreds in a couple of months he had services that ran for three months consecutively people were getting saved filled with the Holy Spirit lives were being changed he said witch doctors came to try and curse him as he was doing it and they said as he was praying as the as, as the witch doctors came they came to his house to try and enter in and as they came to his house they said they saw armed men stood around his house and they couldn't get into his house and I'm saying he can only do this not on his own power he's just a man he had to go in the power of the Holy Spirit and as he did that things happened lives changed and transformed and there's a mighty church there in South Africa Africa now because a man and his wife went in the power of the Holy Spirit can you say amen in this place the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring God's power personally to you. Now over the next couple of weeks, we're going to study and look at this. We're going to look at different aspects of the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we come to the conclusion, in the fifth week, I'm going to be praying for an outpouring of the Spirit. Now, I don't even know if we'll get to the five weeks. It may become week two, week three, and then the Spirit will just descend upon us, something. but listen, the plan so far is when we get to the fifth week, we're going to be praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be praying that God will light this congregation on fire that people will be drawn to this place, uh, that people will feel impaled, uh, uh, impressed, sorry, to come uh, and give their life to Jesus Christ. Uh, We'll hear testimonies uh, of diseases and sickness healed. Uh, We'll hear testimonies of people being drawn, come, family members come, uh, husbands will rise up and do what they're meant to do. Can you say that in this place? uh, I'm tired of a generation uh, where men are not doing what they're meant to be doing. Uh, All over the country we see people, uh, just men supposed to be leading, rising up. Uh, There are Sleeper watching football on a Sunday while their children and their wife go to church I want to see men rise up and say listen as for me and my house we serve the Lord that kind of change only happens by the power of the Holy Spirit can you say amen in this place so over the next coming weeks number one I don't want you to miss a session number two I want you to invite people number three I want you to come expecting a move of the Holy Spirit like we've not seen before I want us to come expecting things to be broken. I want us to come expecting this congregation to be lit on fire. And as we see that, uh, we're going to see people come and bow their knee before Jesus Christ um, and confess Him to be Lord and Saviour. Because in the generation we're living at the moment, sin is abounding. Um, we're seeing people doing some things we've never seen before. We're seeing atrocities committed all over the world. Um, we're seeing um, an aggressive spirit trying to teach our children things that are contrary to the Bible. Well, we need to push that back with revival. Can you say amen in this place? Um, we need to say no, not in this place not in my family amen we're going to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and he will prevail the funny thing is we understand that we have already won we just got to fight the battle out on this ground and as we do that we take ground listen this isn't the time to hold the fort and come and sing kumbaya together although I like that I like loving new people and we're together it's not the ground to just hold the fort we need to go and storm the gates of the enemy and break out these doors and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And we can only do that. We can only have conquest and have victory if we work and function with the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen in this place? I'm tired of being frustrated. Who's tired of being frustrated in this place? I'm tired of doing things on my own strength. I'm tired of just trying to work things through if it's financially, work things through if it's spiritually, trying to talk to my family members, please come to church, Jesus Christ. I'm tired of working all on my own. I'm tired. There's some things going on in my family, my wife's family, that words are not going to penetrate. Just trying to negotiate with them is not going to do nothing. We need something that is supernatural, something that supersedes our ability. And that's why the Wednesdays for the next five weeks, um, we're going to be talking about power on. And I want us, by the time we get into May, I want us to be on fire. I want people to come to church saying, man, I've never seen a fire like this before. I want people, the fire brigade is going to come out saying, people be ringing, say this church is on fire. Where's the fire at? I'm saying no flames here, officer, but come and see the power of Jesus Christ. These five weeks are going to be crucial. I'm excited. God is going to move. We're going to see things happen. Who believes that in this place? Who's with me right here? Come on now. Give him praise in this place. Yes. sir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, The purpose of the Holy Spirit uh, is to bring God's power to your life personally. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. uh, We're going to pray for a few things uh, tonight. Uh, Power on.